Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. Call 877-499-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. So cancel the cable and get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 877-499-MY-TV. Right now to sign up for packages starting as low as $24.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional installation. You control what you watch when you watch it. Record your favorite shows, pause and rewind live TV, even skip the commercials. Watch local channels too. At just $24.99, what are you waiting for? Pull out your major credit or debit card. Call 877-499-MY-TV. That's 877-499-MY-TV. Cancel the cable, cut costs, and get more. Call now, 877-499-MY-TV. That's 877-499-MY-TV. You're listening to Sports Econ 101. This is the show where we discuss sports topics from a business perspective. I'm your host, Edward Brown, along with my co-host, Bruce McGowan, a longtime radio sports personality. At each commercial break, we're going to ask a sports trivia question, and we're going to be giving away a vacation to the first email with the correct answer. The vacations are not sponsored by the radio station, but by Lighthouse Resort and Marina, located one hour northeast of San Francisco. So for you people outside of California, you got to check them out at lighthouseresortandmarina.com. Now, my big question is, when do I get to go to the Lighthouse always, Resort? Always. Always? Can, always, yeah. I can do it anytime? <laughs> anytime you want. Jeez. Hey, you're my famous co-host. <laughs> and the vacations are free. Their only request, uh, they actually had to increase their uh, cleaning fee to $100. Oh, my goodness. It's, uh, it's getting, getting very popular, so they had to do that. All right. And uh, let's see. Check them out. Again, lighthouseresortmarina.com. Uh, today's trivia theme is going to be first team, first love. Ooh. All right. I I, actually, like I, I think you're going to get at least two of these, okay. and I think maybe you'll get all three of I them. You never know. All right. Uh, on this show, we're going to also try to see if we can have some time to talk about a little Johnny football, Johnny Manziel. Oh, that poor guy. Yeah. Well, he did it all himself, right? Yeah. And then he also did. Bryce Harper, the comments that he made, too. It's, yeah. Uh, get into that a little bit. Um, That's and, a clown question, bro. <laughs> yeah. He used to say that. That, he, that was that, that was, was the famous thing? that was the famous quote he had a couple years ago. Oh, somebody I asked somebody him a, else said that. Somebody else somebody asked a question. And he goes, "That's a clown question, bro." bro. Well, at least he got the bro part in, you know. <laughs> All right, this segment of Sports Econ 101 is sponsored by Pacific Private Money, providing mortgage investments that are still currently yielding, even in today's environment, still currently yielding over 8% secured by real estate. By the way, I've got my uh, some of my IRA money there, and like clockwork, I get a check in my IRA every single month. Sweet. It doesn't get any more conservative than that. Check them out, please, at PacificPrivateMoney.com. And you're listening to Sports Econ 101. Don't touch that dial because we're going to be right back.
This is Mark Honf, co-host of Mortgage Investing 101. Did you know that you can earn, year in and year out, returns of 8% and more on your savings and retirement accounts? Mortgage-backed investment strategies such as trustee investing and mortgage pool funds can do just that. Since 2008, clients of Pacific Private Money have consistently earned high yields on their investments. Find out for yourself how you, too, can profit from these real estate-secured investments. Call 415-883-2150 or visit our website at PacificPrivateMoney.com. Sports Byline's library of more than 12,000 interviews is a treasure. I'm Ron Barr, and we want your help in protecting, sharing, and continuing to build this sports interview treasure. We've launched a GoFundMe campaign, so please go to sportsbyline.com slash funding and donate so you can be a part of preserving and continuing to build this unique collection of sports interviews. In appreciation for your donation, support, and telling others, we're going to provide everyone who donates with a link to a special commemorative collection of the Sports Byline Interview Library. This commemorative collection will change every month, and you'll have access to it with your supporting donation of any amount. So go to sportsbyline.com slash funding and also tell your friends. You'll be helping preserve, grow, and digitize the Sports Byline Interview Library so that today's sports fans and those in the future will forever be able to enjoy this treasure. Thank you for your help and support. Real estate investors, do you hate the idea of being a landlord? We get it. Investment property repairs stink. But did you know that you can earn a high rate of return without being a landlord? That's right. You can make $750 a month on a $50,000 investment property and never repair a roof, water heater, or toilet. The secret to real estate cash flow with no repairs is owner financing. Buy a single family home for $50,000 cash, do $25,000 in rehab, and resell it with owner financing to a qualified buyer for $99,900. You will make an amazing 12% rate of return, and you never have to do a single repair to the property. If you want to enjoy real estate investing cash flow with zero repairs, contact texascashflow.com slash discount. Respond in the next 20 minutes for a $1,000 discount off your first real estate investment. Again, that's texascashflow.com slash discount. texascashflow.com Discount. Want to stay in touch with your favorite Sports Byline USA network hosts? Like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at Sports Byline USA. You can also see the latest news in the world of sports, learn about upcoming contests and giveaways, plus catch up on guest info so you never miss a moment with the biggest names in every sport. Football, basketball, baseball, MMA, and more. No matter where you are in the U.S. or around the world, you can stay connected to the host and fans who love what you love. So check us out on Facebook and Twitter at Sports Byline USA. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Bruce McGowan. Now, first thing I want to tell, I want to tell you, I just got back from spring training yeah. in Arizona. Nice. Now we we stayed in Tempe. Uh-huh. Okay, and fortunately, the Angels were playing the Giants right. in Tempe, so that was a nice, easy one. Right. And the next day, they were playing in Scottsdale. Okay. So we go to Scottsdale, didn't have tickets, and uh, we decided to just go to a, like a local bar and, and maybe just kind of just buy tickets for the out the bleacher area. Or are they all sold out? Well, they were mostly sold out. Yeah. Um, actually, when we went to Tempe, first when we went to Tempe, uh, can you believe the tickets were seventy five dollars? For spring training, they must be right behind the plate. No, 
No, I, these were the only ones available. Where were you sitting? Uh, the, the, we were down on close to, I mean, a little, I mean, let's see, 15 rows from the from the field on way third base, you know, way past 70, third base. 75, 75 that's, dollars. that's what you pay for a Giants regular season game. I know. I couldn't believe it. I remember, remember uh, you know, what, they were $25 or whatever. And the place was sold out, and well, I didn't want to sit on the you know the what they say. It's uh, there's a demand, so there's a demand. Create more of a demand, you know. Make the uh, yeah. tickets even scarcer. I you know, I I don't know how. I don't want to get off on a tangent about this, but I'm I'm wondering at what point do people say, I just am not going to spend that kind of money anymore. I guess it's yeah. out there. There are enough people that want to do it. And the thing is, not everybody's going to every single game. So it's a lot of people. It's like this is a big deal. The one game they go to, or yeah. two games, or whatever they go to. Well, what we did was we, uh, my my son and I, we we knew we didn't have tickets going in. We thought, eh, you know, we'll just buy them at the sure, you know, and we didn't think expect them to be seventy five dollars. So we're looking at each other and going seventy five dollars for spring training. I mean, we literally went down there for spring training, but it was kind of a father son thing. And uh, it's funny because this one lady said, hey, go across the street. There's some scalpers there. And sure enough, you look across the street and there's some scalpers. Yeah. So we got some decent tickets for 50 bucks a piece, right? Oh, okay. And then we were able to sit down closer because these sure. two people didn't didn't come. So it was like, okay, that's fine. You yeah. know? So the next day, uh, we go to we, – we didn't go to Scottsdale Stadium yet. We, right. we decided, well, we're just kind of, you know, play it by ear. So we had lunch. And we had lunch maybe um, – Ten blocks away or something, right? And they weren't even televising the game. Wow. It was blacked out, blacked out. A spring training <laughs> game. Well, maybe they just weren't caring. It. I mean, <laughs> the thing is, maybe the folks in that part of the you know Arizona are not interested in watching a, a game unless it, they, unless it involves the Arizona Diamondbacks. But they were carrying the Cubs. Oh playing, well, and, yeah, and I can't remember, well, maybe uh, they, maybe they had a certain number of games they could carry, and I guess you know, yeah, that's yeah, too bad. Well, so we went. Uh, we decided to. We were told, you know, if you go late in the game, that you can just get in for free. Nice. Right? So we go there, and they made us wait till the seventh inning stretch. Okay, but once yeah. we did, we got in. At least and you then, got in for the last few innings. Yeah, we did. Yeah. yeah, and and we we literally sat. I got all the way down there behind uh-huh. home plate and to the side a little bit, and we were five rows up from Larry Bear. Oh, and I'm thinking, for that kind of money, he's there counting his cash, you know? <laughs> I saw Larry at the Warriors game last night. He goes, yeah, I'm going back to spring training. It's a, the spring training is a lot of fun. My, my most vivid memory of spring training is the one of the first games I ever covered in 19... Would, this would be 1992. Ken Griffey was going to be... It was going to be his first full year. He had played a little bit the previous year. And Tiny Felder. You oh, yeah, t- sure. Nicest guy in the world. Little yeah. out, little kind of reserve outfitter yeah. from uh, Richmond. Uh, really nice guy, you know. Just, hey, man, how you doing? Yeah, Good to play, see you. Decent player. Yeah, decent player. Yeah, yeah. So he was like my buddy, you know. When, in 1991, when the Giants stunk, I'd always go to Tiny Felder because I could get a quote after the game. Well, so Tiny sees me. He's in the, he's in the Mariners camp now. He's wearing the Mariners uniform. Oh. He goes, hey, man, how you doing? I'm in the Mariners clubhouse. And I said, I'm looking for Ken Griffey. He goes, oh, he's over here. Come on, come on. So he takes me over to Ken Griffey. And Ken Griffey turns around. And now, this is Junior. Junior. Yeah. Yeah, Junior turns around. He looks at me, and he kind of gives me the up and down. And he's just a kid, but he's still yeah. kind of leery because his dad was a yeah. hard ass. I tell you, his dad was oh, not, really? a, not a pleasant guy. And what, what smoothed it over was that um, uh, Tiny said, oh, he's okay. He's a good guy. You do an interview with him, he'll be all right. <laughs> and he he kind of gives me this sort of half smile. And I, we did the interview, and he was very, very nice. And from that point on, I, was, I wasn't Ken Griffey's buddy, but every time the Mariners would come to town, He'd always say hi, and you want to do something? Oh, yeah, well, you know, I'll, I'll give you five minutes, whatever. So I had this great right. entree, with Ken, thanks to Tiny. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just wondering, like, when, you know, he, he gives you the up and down, and, he's like, like, and then Tiny says, you're okay. Yeah. I mean, 
what does that mean? That means that you're not going to ask embarrassing questions? Yeah, or? ask embarrassing questions or just bother him too much, you know. Uh, it's like I think I was telling you on the on the telephone uh, recently. I was at a Warriors game. Now, this is a much different situation. But still, when you sit down with a celebrity and, and you, you you kind of feel a little awkward or you're, you're in their space. Like last night I was at the Warriors game. Walt Frazier, the great uh, yep. you know guard from the Knicks in the 70s, is sitting there. So I just sat down next to him and Jim Barnett because there was no place to sit. I didn't want to intrude. And they immediately were so nice and included me in the conversation. But Walt Frazier was one of those guys, he was kind of a larger-than-life character. Yeah. So back in the day, I, was, I would have been intimidated. Now he's an older guy. But it's interesting, when you're in that, in that company of somebody like mm-hmm. that, it can be a little strange sometimes. Is he yeah. still uh, sporting the mutton chops? Oh, yeah. He's losing, <laughs> it. He's losing his hair up top. He's still wearing the colorful clothes. I think, I think he always was losing his hair up yeah, top. He yeah, he was. just a ni- Boy, you talk about a nice fellow. Now, there's a nice guy. And he's, he's funny. He says... He says, we're not going to play too well against you guys tonight. And Barnett, who's our broadcaster, yeah. Jim Barnett, former teammate of his, says, how come? He says, well, we, you know, Jim, we played six games in, in eight days on the West Coast, and we've only won one of them, and we're tired. We want to go home. Yeah. He says, I'll tell you what I'll do, though. I'm going to tell a lot of good stories tonight. Yeah, which we're going to get into <laughs> yeah, later yeah, on. Yeah. Uh, which is Walt associated with the Knicks? Yeah, like, he, like he's, a, their, he's their color announcer. I'm not sure oh, if okay. he I – I don't know if that's all he does. He's, he's probably like Jim Barnett. You know, he just does the uh, the TV analyst, uh, which is a pretty full-time job, you know, when the basketball season's going. You're doing three or four games a week, so, you know, and you're yeah. traveling. So it's a, I appreciate our, our guys out here, Bob Fitzgerald, who's, who I really like. I, yeah. I love his comments, and he, he just he does, I think he does a great job. And then Jim is, is so knowledgeable yeah. about the game. And passionate. And passionate, yeah. yeah. And he was an interesting story about Jim Barnett. played six years – I'm sorry – Ten years in the NBA with six different teams. And here, listen to the players he played with. He broke in with Bill Russell. He played with, at the end of his career, he played with Walt Frazier and Earl Monroe, backing them up. Played with Julius Serving with the Sixers. Was out in San Diego and played with Elvin Hayes. Was up in the Bay Area and played with Rick Barry. Was up in Portland and played with Bill Walton. I mean, this guy. Yeah, I never heard of any and, of those guys. And, and then also played in <laughs> New Orleans. I forgot New Orleans. He played New Orleans with Pete? Pistol, Pistol Pete. Pistol Pete. He told me Pistol Pete would have been the greatest guard but he just for some reason something happened when he got to the nba he was a good player but he never really fulfilled his potential and the interesting thing about pistol pete he did win a ring with the boston celtics as a backup player remember he and bill walton both won rings after having great careers elsewhere walton won his i think in 87 uh Maravich, i think in 85 but didn't walton win with the with, the, with the blazers yeah. yeah okay yeah but he was a backup he was a backup player and a very good guy off the bench that's why the Celtics were so good. But, uh, yeah. you know, I mean, man, talk about playing with some great royalty. Well, and doesn't Pistol Pete still have the record of a 45, average 45 points a game? Well, yeah, it was something crazy. Okay. I mean, he college, had he, college. in college, yeah. In yeah. the pros, he just, for some reason, he was kind of, I think, in the old, that he came up at the time the ABA was still around. So he would have yeah. been a great ABA player, you know, because he had all the, the trick moves. And But he mm-hmm. was, I don't think the NBA would, but Jim Barnett told me the NBA wasn't ready for Pistol Pete. And Pete just didn't make the adjustment, and it's unfortunate. Then he died young. Uh, yeah. He was only 42. He was out of basketball that, by that time, but he had a heart attack. And But it's interesting you know. because, uh, you know, out here, Steph Curry has, you know, not the same kind of moves, but uh, – He's definitely ready. For, he's, oh. he's ready for the NBA. You know, oh, yeah, he's you know the MVP. You know? you know what's amazing about Steph Curry? You watch him today, and he had a great year last year, but he yeah. may be the only NBA MVP, MVP yeah. who is up for being the most improved player. Yeah, he's that funny. much better. 
Yeah. He is amazing. What amazes me, not so much the three-point shots, not so much the quick hands on defense, it's the moves he makes in between all the trees and yeah. then these little soft yeah. you know, cross-under shots and feathery touches, little flip shots. I mean, And, and at the last second deciding, is, does it go high off the glass? Or, you know, and, and which spin from well, where he's going to do it What from, I yeah. love watching the most, he and Andrew Bogut have a routine, and they do at yeah. least twice a game where he just floats a perfect pass right over the net, and Bogut just sweeps in and takes it and just jams it in. So uh, the question Beautiful. that, okay, so they don't, they don't call it goaltending. Uh, well, because it's a, it's because it's an offensive player through to an out. Yeah, an you know that they rarely call goaltending on a guy taking the ball over the rim and dumping it in. What they usually do is when it's being bouncing around up there and it, and it looks like it's on the and it actually is on the rim and a guy tips it in. Yeah. If it's over the rim, it's a lot of times they just let it go. Yeah. All right, we're has to be literally sitting on the rim, and they, then they they can't ignore then it. They then. can't ignore it yeah. exactly. Okay, here's our first trivia question. Again, the theme is first team, first love. You better get all of these. You okay. ready? Okay. Toronto Blue Jay. Joe Carter was a World Series hero when he hit his Game 6 walk-off series home run in 1993. Which team gave Joe his first chance to wear a Major League uniform? Ah, good one. All right, stay with us. You're listening to Sports Econ 101. We're going to be right back. Tired of calls, levies, and liens from the IRS or hiring others who don't get the job done? Call Wall and Associates and you'll never talk to the IRS again. The IRS has a program to eliminate tax debt and Wall and Associates professionals are trained to maximize its benefits for you. You always speak with a live person with real support and real knowledge. We've helped thousands of taxpayers like you settle their tax debt with the IRS for a fraction of what they owe. We solve tax problems. Call Wall and Associates now. 800-480-5708. We have the professionals who know how to solve tax problems. If you owe money to the IRS, your tax problems are not going away by themselves. And the passage of time will only make matters worse. Act now before it's too late. Call Wall and Associates right now to speak to a professional tax relief agent. Call 800-480-5708. That's 800-480-5708. Again, 800-480-5708. Attention catheter users. Stop reusing dirty catheters. Catheters are now disposable. Recent changes in Medicare now allow patients up to 200 disposable catheters a month. All at little or no cost to you. We bill Medicare. Put an end to the mess and risk of infection by using old catheters. Just use a catheter once and throw it away. Eliminate trips to the pharmacy and insurance paperwork. Shipping is free. Receive a free catheter sample by calling and joining Medical Direct Club right now. Call 1-800-399-9018 to receive your free catheter sample discreetly delivered right to your door. That's 1-800-399-9018. 1-800-399-9018. Call 1-800-399-9018 today. Deductibles and copays apply. Free catheter samples require qualified membership. Sample will arrive with 90-day order. This family is at home, but they won't be answering the door. They know that the pounding on the door is a process server from the court waiting to hand them foreclosure documents. So instead of enjoying the home they worked so hard to afford, they sit hiding in the dark. Mom, what was that? 
but it doesn't have to be this way. This family can save their home, but they must act fast. Call Allied State Foreclosure Solutions at 800-274-7312. If you're being threatened with foreclosure, have been denied a loan modification, missed a payment on your mortgage, been a victim of a predatory loan, or are upside down on your home, it's critical that you call Allied State Foreclosure Solutions now. 800-274-7312. Allied State Foreclosure Solutions has an attorney in your area that will meet and speak with you. You can stop the foreclosure process, lower your monthly mortgage payments, save your home and your credit, but you must act now. Call 800-274-7312. 800-274-7312. Not available in all states. Paid non-attorney spokesperson. Well, welcome back to Sports Econ 101. Uh, again, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Bruce McGowan. You know, Lon Chaney was the man of a thousand faces. He was. You're the voice of a thousand, you're yeah. the face of a thousand voices. Some, somebody locally said, yeah, the problem with Bruce is he does all these different voices, but they all kind of sound the same. <laughs> well, what did I say? You're, uh, uh, Howard Cosell sounded like your John Wayne. Just, just a little bit. Give us a little bit of each, and we'll see Howard the difference. Howard Cosell, speaking of sports, I cannot believe the travesty that I have just witnessed. This is absolutely incomprehensible. Okay, now that's a really good Howard Cosell. Yeah, I okay. can do a good Howard Cosell. Okay, now right. we're going to do here your John Wayne, because you were talking about some Western stuff. Saddle up the buckboard, Pompey. We're going into Dodge. We're going to see if we can find us some women, Okay. Okay, that's more that's, like Howard Cosell. Yeah. No, but that's, I can say. I have, I haven't, you know, it's funny. I grew up with John Wayne, but I've sort of forgotten how he sounded. I can hear he him in my voice. kind of like this, Pilgrim. Yeah. There you go. You got him down. <laughs> See? You got him down. I can do oh. Rich Little impress- impersonating how John about, Wayne. Can, can, you, can you recognize these two voices? Okay. This is, uh, this, well, these are two famous actors. You're a nightcrawler, Colonel Casey. You sell secrets. You're the kind of person who hides and skulks around in dark places. Are you well acquainted with your Bible to know who Judas was? Are you asking me to answer or ordering me? I'm giving you an order. Yes, I know who Judas was. He was a man I admired and respected until he disgraced himself in the four stars in his uniform. You got to have to give me both. B- of those. Burt Lancaster and Kirk Douglas in Seven Days in May. Wow! And Kirk Douglas plays Burt Lancaster's aide, chief aide, who finds out his boss is at the head of a plot to overthrow the United States government, and so he. Rats him out to the president, and they catch him, and they, you know, they. See, now I'm going to have to rent the movie. Yeah, no, it's a great film. Now I want to hear film. Jack Nicholson. Uh, I'm not going to Jack. No, Nich- no, I can no, do you... a good John Kennedy though. <laughs> John Kennedy. Okay, well, let, let's do the sports part let's, first. Yeah, now. let's do the sports. Okay, part. well, hold on. Yeah, yeah. Well, since we're on sports, yeah, give us a couple of sports figures you can do. Oh well, you know, uh, we talked about Ricky Henderson during a break. There, you know, Ricky used to always explain about how he he had a thing called a Ricky Rally. And I asked him once, I said, what is a Ricky Rally? What does that mean? A Ricky Rally, that's when I walk, I steal second, I go to third and I pass bonus, going to sacrifice fly. <laughs> yeah, we just have to have the laugh. Yeah, the laugh. A Ricky Rally. <laughs> Ricky Rally. And then you have a Dave Stewart. Oh, Dave Stewart's kind of high like this. You know that guy threw a pat, threw a shot at me when I was at the plate? I kick his beep, beep, beep. And you know what? <laughs> Dave Stewart's doing a nice job, by the way, with the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks, working with Tony La Russa. He's the uh, general manager. Tony is the president of baseball operations, former Oakland A's. Wow. You know, never discount what they could do. I, I just, I'm very leery about the Diamondbacks this year because even though they brought in Granke and improved their pitching staff, look what San Diego did last year. It didn't work for them. I, I'm not, you don't, you don't create a winning culture overnight just by bringing in big names. You've got to build it up. 
with a combination of free agents and minor league players. Mm-hmm. That's what the Giants did. That's what the Warriors are doing. A little that, different Warriors, though, because you have people playing together. Yeah. Baseball's a little different. Because, it is. It's yeah, more of an individual yeah, it sport. Is. It is. It is. Yeah. But, but, but basketball, we're watching a, a special team right now in, in the Warriors, and I think they're revolutionizing the game, not only because of the way they play it with the palpable joy, but it's just – there's something about the, you know, what they're doing is is old school. It's the way the game was played when you and I were kids, back in the seventies, passing, seventies and eighties. Yeah, yeah, passing and backdoor cuts, and uh, you know, just a lot more emphasis on defense and none of this one-on-one isolating, yeah. uh, you know, nonsense. I guess it seemed like uh, in the eighties there was a lot of the one-on-one. That uh, sort of started in the eighties yeah. and nineties, and it actually, you know, Michael Jordan, I think, unwittingly began this whole trend because he was so much better. All the kids, you know, I want to be like Mike. It was, yeah. the, it was the thing. And so you saw more of the street ball become part of the mainstream, which I think really so hurt basketball. So how much of it is ego and how much of it is money from the standpoint of, you know, I, I think show everyone that I, what I can do one-on-one. You know, money is a, is a, is a goal. It means to an end. But I think it's, it's the uh, performance thing, wanting to be center stage. You know, there's something very yeah. – about basketball, I think, especially because the guys are so much closer to the to the fans. They don't wear any hats or helmets, so we can see oh, yeah. their faces. And they play the entire game. You know, baseball player, you see him at bat once every four four times a game. And then uh, in the outfield, or you know, in the outfield, you know, yeah. they may get some balls hit. Yeah, football players are twenty two guys on the yeah. field. The, the only guy point. you might recognize is is the quarterback. Mm-hmm. And in hockey, they're in they're moving so fast, and they're in these yeah. shifts every three uh, minutes. They're off the ice. Like boxing's but, the only one you can uh, yeah. also tell. Yeah, no, it's true. <laughs> I mean, I think that's why a lot of the the players in the NBA have been so marketable. You know, the Michael Jordans and now the Steph Curry's. Their faces are recognizable, and their their names. You know, they they. You don't even have to mention the full name anymore. You know, yeah. it's Jordan Steph. or Steph yeah. or Magic or so, Bird. You know? So what do you think? If, if Steph wasn't as uh, nice a person mm. in general, you know, right. off, the, off the court and all that kind of stuff, do you think that his, uh, um, uh, you know, his, his jerseys and, all, and, and anything associated with him would be, would be sold as much around? Like he's, he's so che- he's cheered. Around, I mean, every, every time he goes to play yeah. uh, on the road, they're rooting for him. I think probably they would still be unless he was a jerk. If he was yeah. just kind of like Michael Jordan, who was an okay guy but nothing special, because he does things on the court that are so mesmerized. Now, the fact that he's a, a nice guy, a homebody with a beautiful wife and two kids and you know is into his church and into his family, and it's just a decent all-around guy, I yeah. think that's just like a cherry on top. I really uh, do. Also, what about the fact that he's a uh, you know, point guard? Yeah, you know, sometimes you get like you know a power forward isn't going to get quite as well. That's true. It's a know. glamour position. I yeah. mean, Magic Johnson, uh, you know, had a, a similar kind of situation where he, he came along his rookie year, and I remember this. Magic won the NBA title his rookie year. He took the Lakers to that. You know, Kareem was there, and so yeah. was Worthy, and so was you know Byron, Byron Scott, Scott, and all yeah. those guys, Norm Nixon, but. Magic, if you remember, Kareem got hurt game six yeah, of the he had 1980 to play, finals. He had to play, uh, center. And he played center. How tall is he? Was and six nine? Yeah, he wore number 42, and he scored, I believe, 42 points that night against the uh, Sixers. And I remember watching the Magic. famous hook, right? Yeah, the, the baby, the, the yeah, baby yeah. hook. I think he did that against the Celtics. But I remember yeah. watching Magic against the, the Sonics. <laughs> they beat the Sonics in the conference finals that year, and the Sonics were a great team that year. They had the best record in the league. They were defending champions, and Magic and his crew came in and won a game. They were down by 20 points, and he just sort of willed his team to the victory. And I think that's what Steph Curry does 
watching the game the other night against the Knicks, they were up by 10 or 12, but the, all of a sudden Curry goes off and hits three in a row. Boom, boom, boom. It's just <laughs> like the game's over. <laughs> the Knicks are just – you can see the Knicks just visibly wilting. You know, it's like, ah, here we go. We knew yeah, we're well, that's the interesting thing about this Warrior team is it's almost more glamorizing to make the good pass. Yeah. It, it just kind of seems like, you know, as a fan watching the game – uh, you know, a lot of times, you know, you see guys who hog the ball a little bit too much, shoot all the time. Uh, and then, you know, with Steph, I mean, you do expect to, to have him shoot a lot of three-pointers, whether he, you know, makes makes them or not. Um, but it's just amazing when you just kind of watch, you know, Draymond Green, bam, a pass. Oh, yeah. You know, versus him trying to always score. No, you know, I think sometimes they overdo it. And they yeah. do probably have a few more turnovers than most teams because they do try to get a little too fancy. But it's just... It's so much aesthetically. It's fun to watch. It's effective basketball, but it's just, it's I don't know. It's more of the thinking man's game. Watching them play is inspiring. I mean, even when they blow somebody out, it's fun to watch them play. It's like watching yeah. ballet. Yeah. It really and they play. It's true. Uh, uh, Riley um, from Sports Illustrated, Rick Riley is back with him now. Wrote a great piece about two weeks ago about the Warriors okay. and about Steph Curry, and he spent a lot of time with them on the road during about a week and a half and. He was talking about that joy, you know, that that uh, that feeling of just wanting to. It's almost like an artist, you know, who reaches that 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 uh, uh, point where everything just kind of flows, and that, it's let yeah, it cool. flow. Uh, yeah. All right. Yeah. Hey, I'm moving on to a little bit of. Uh, uh, what, let's talk a little Johnny football. Ah, that's What's so happened sad. to Johnny? Uh, you know, it reminds me of Johnny Manziel. Reminds me. In a different sort of way. Remember Ryan Leaf? Ryan Leaf. I was just going to say that. Yeah. yeah. Another troubled guy who had a great arm, great college career at Washington State. And just, I think he played actually about four or five years in the, in the pros, but just with San Diego and a couple other teams. In Dallas, right? Dallas. And this was yeah. never very good. He got hurt. He got into trouble. He was in a fight. He, you know, got drunk. I mean, Johnny Manziel may be one of those guys that just can't get himself out of the out of the uh, doldrums, and it's too bad. You know, it's a real shame. Yeah. It's he, a real shame. How, how tall is he? He's not that tall. I, I think he's only about 6'1", six, six, six six foot one, tall. Yeah, yeah, he seems a little yeah. shorter than, than most. I, I was not impressed. The only game he actually played well in last year was against the 49ers. 49ers yeah. yeah, he looked good. He had yeah. two touchdown passes. He had a passer rating of close to 100. But, you know. You know, it seems like, you know, I, I obviously put, put a lot of blame on, on the guy himself, but it's got to be a lot of it has to do with the people that you hang out with. Well, it is, right. and it's it's a lifestyle, and who knows, you know, it's part of your, unfortunately, it's part of your upbringing. I think with Johnny Manziel, now, I don't know the terms of his contract. I'm guessing that Cleveland probably paid him off a fair amount to get rid of him, and I would think if another team wants a chance, uh, take a chance on him, I don't think they'll have to pay him very much, so I would not be at all surprised if he resurfaces given how few good quality quarterbacks there are in the NFL this year and how most teams, even if they got a good quarterback, are like scared to death they're going to lose that quarterback. I mean, just look mm-hmm. at the 49ers who are going into next year with Blaine Gabbert. I mean, he's he looked, he did decent, okay, yeah, but yeah. Uh, is he going to be the long-term answer? And you got Colin Kaepernick who's not coming back. So it's, you know, there are not that many teams out there with great quarterbacks. What's the update on Colin? You know, from what I understand, his agent and he uh, absolutely do not want to play in San Francisco next year. They just don't want to. They don't want to revisit that, and I don't blame them. I mean, there isn't a lot of. I mean, would it be as a backup quarterback? Is that well, it's not even that. I think it's just the whole. It just all went south for him, and it's partly his fault, and partly I think the Forty ers fault. The Forty ers have become, sadly, in a short two year, three year period, they have become one of the most dysfunctional franchises in football. And I think this is one of the reasons why you didn't see any major uh, acquisitions through free agency by them. Everybody was saying, why aren't they making any moves? I don't think anybody wants to come to, to play wow. for them right now. 
I really do. Uh, that, that, that ain't good. No, it's not good. All right, we're going to cut to our second com- uh, trivia question here again. First team, first love. Oh, wait a minute. Did you give me the answer? I didn't. I was going to answer. And you know what the answer was? Joe Carter, yeah, uh, first team, we right. gave him a chance to play. It was, the, I believe, the Cleveland Indians. That's what I thought. Yeah. No, it was the Cubs. Of course. Of that's course right. They, he was traded. I forgot traded, about that. Because yes. I you know, also forget he played with San Diego. That's right. He played with Toronto. And, and, and the you know Giants. He, 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 with the Giants. He, he concluded his career with the Giants. He did. Okay. Yeah. The Boston Red Sox came out of their World Series dry spell by stunking their opponents in the promised land in 2004 and 2007. Their series MVP in 2004 was Manny Ramirez. Which team did Manny Ramirez begin his career with? Ah. Okay, yeah, I think you know that one. Stay with us. Sports Econ 101 will be right back. Okay, listeners, here's something I'm really excited about. Adventure Connection has true wine tasting and California white water rafting trips combined. Located just one hour east of Sacramento near Coloma, this trip is rated class three for beginning and experienced paddlers alike. But you got to be at least 21 years of age because there's great wine tasting. One day of chauffeured wine tasting followed by a day of white water rafting 11 miles of the chili bar run, including meat grinder, triple threat, and Troublemaker Rapids on California's most popular whitewater river. A night of camping and four meals are also included. Call Adventure Connection at 1-800-556-6060. Again, the number is Adventure Connection at 1-800-556-6060 for more details or visit www.raftcalifornia.com. Are you wasting hundreds of dollars each year on contact lenses? Would you like to see clearly again without reading glasses? LASIK treats only the surface of the eye and is healthier and safer than wearing contact lenses long term. Dr. Robert Lin had LASIK himself and still sees 2020 and has performed over 40,000 LASIK procedures over the last 18 years. Find out more at IQLaserVision.com. That's IQLaserVision.com. IQ Laser Vision. Hi, Sports Econ 101 listeners. I'm Edward Brown. You know me as the host of the show, but you may not know that I work with individuals getting them the least expensive term life insurance policies around. Don't be fooled by the ads you hear on TV and radio. It's always best to work with someone who's completely independent. That's where I come in. If you email me at edward at sportsecon101.com your name, your age, and how much insurance you want, I'll run the numbers through my software program and let you know the least expensive policy around from among many of the top insurance companies. Again, I'm totally independent. So email edward at sportsecon101.com for your free life insurance quote today. Why pay more for life insurance than you need to? I can get you a guaranteed policy where the low premiums are fixed anywhere from 10 to 35 years. So email edward at sportsecon101.com right now for your free life insurance quote. That's edward at sportsecon101.com. The first time you saw a laser level, you were probably a little suspect. Now you wonder how you did without it. At a Red Wing shoe store, we use the latest tools to give you the best fit, like a digital measuring device that not only scans the length and width of your feet, but even gauges pressure points and arch height. And Red Wing offers a 30-day comfort guarantee. It's all part of making sure your boots do their job so you can do yours. Red Wing Shoes. 
Work is our work. Well, welcome back to Sports Econ 101. I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Bruce McGowan, my famous co-host. When we cut to the second commercial break, we asked this trivia question. The Boston Red Sox came out of their World Series dry spell by skunking their opponents in the promised land in 2004 and 2007. The series MVP in 2004 was Manny Ramirez. That's right. can't remember who was the MVP in 2007. 2007, that's a good one. Well, I know they won in 2007. They beat the Rockies four straight. 2004, yeah. they beat the Cardinals, Cardinals four straight. Yeah. And then they beat the Cardinals again in 2011. Yeah. So that's amazing. That's Two good. very different teams. Very, yeah, really. I can't remember. We'll have to ask uh, the audience yeah, for that yeah. one. Okay. 2007. That's, 2007. That's a it was a big, wasn't Big Poppy. Yeah. That one. I don't uh, think so. No. It wasn't oh, I don't think it was Eucalyptus. Might have been Eucalyptus. Oh, might have been Eucalyptus. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So here's the question. Which team did Manny wear to begin his career with? Well, it was Cleveland. That's yeah, correct. Yeah, he and Bartolo Colon, who is still playing today. Oldest player in baseball, by the way, 45 years old. Started with Cleveland. As a matter of fact, mid-90s, that was a great team. They went to yeah. two World Series, and they should have won. They should have won against Atlanta. They should have won against Atlanta, and they should have beaten the Marlins. They had that game, and Jose Mesa gives oh, up the, yeah. the big wing, game-winning hit to Edgar Renteria. They had that game won. So, oh, good. Yeah. So, uh, still staying on to baseball yeah. here, Bryce Harper. Yeah, what a he character. made some comments. Yeah, he's. I don't know what is going on with that kid. He he's. I hate to use the term red ass, <laughs> but you hear that term used a lot in baseball. He's a classic young red ass. And he's is a that gr- like a redneck who? Well, it's just somebody. No, it's not necessarily a redneck. It's somebody who's just always kind of. You know, on edge or angry or kind of curmudgeonly. And you know who used to be that way was Jeff Kent. I never forget. Oh, I went yeah. up to Jeff Kent once before a game. He was a great player, by the way. I think he should be in the Hall of Fame. Played yeah. with the Giants for six years. So I got to know Jeff really well when he was there with Bonds. And they hated each other, by the way, those yeah. two guys. So I go up to Kent one time. He was always very agreeable to do interviews. And before the game, he's, he's standing there fully uniformed, getting ready to go out in the field. And I say, hey, Jeff, before you head out, could I talk to you for a few minutes? And he goes, I don't do interviews for the game, sir. And I said, Jeff, I said, you've known me four or five years. You don't need to call me, sir. And he goes, oh, what's, what should I call, call you? Beep, boop, beep, 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 beep. <laughs> and a big smile. You know, you can imagine the words he used. I said, no, actually, uh, sir sounds good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's go back to sir. And then he kind of laughed. So uh, if I understand it correctly, uh, Harper was harping on yeah. uh, Matt Williams, man- the manager, yeah. about the, the lineup. Yeah. And the thing is, it's uh, my, my, my big question is, how does that get in the media? Well, you know, you know Bryce a- Harper's one of those guys, unfortunately, he's a little bit of a live wire. And, and uh, some guys, they just don't have any filters. And I think in baseball, you find this is more the case than the other sports because until you get to the major leagues, you don't get any coverage. I mean, you know, yeah. how many yeah. uh, reporters cover yeah. college baseball or minor or league minor baseball? League, yeah, no. yeah, maybe one or two. Yeah. I've covered minor league baseball, and there were maybe three or four people there for the big games, you know, that were in the. So they don't know how to handle themselves, and you know, unlike football and basketball players who are trained through the college level, most of them, yeah. these guys don't have any filters, and uh, you know, I, some of the some of the best blowouts I've ever seen in the clubhouse were up. I've got all these tapes. I I can't play them on the air, unfortunately, because <laughs> there's a lot of profanity. Tommy Lasorda, you know, classic <laughs> stuff. I remember the the great one was when somebody asked him, you know, what did you think of Kingman's performance? He had three home runs that night off the off the Dodgers, and, and you know, they killed the Dodgers. The Cubs didn't. Tommy looked up and he goes, what did I think of his performance? I thought it was beep, beep. You put that in your beep, beep magazine. What did I think of his performance? <laughs> I mean, how can you ask me a question like that? What did I think of his performance? He had three home runs. He drove in, what, 12 runs? <laughs> 
You asked me what I think of his performance. <laughs> I mean, he went on I guess, and on. I guess they get kind of what, – what are these guys run out of questions to ask? Well, I think also just, it's you – know. you know what it is? They're around the reporters so much. They see the reporters more than they see their own family. Yeah. And they're doing a lot of sitting. You know, baseball involves a lot of sitting and chewing in hot weather. Uh, you're away from your family, yeah. you know. You, you, but you but what are the reporters like? I'm thinking from their end, what are they supposed to ask? So, yeah, Tommy, just, can you just give us our co- I, give us comments about the game? You I have mean, you have to be. You know, I think to be a good baseball reporter, you really have to not only know the game and love the game, but you have to roll with the punches. And most of the guys uh, who cover the major leagues who are smart and have been doing it a long time, they don't have any problem. But it's the guys yeah. that come in and haven't been covering the team, and they see you for the first time. They go, "Where's he been?" You know, all of a sudden he's asking me, "Who is this guy?" Yeah, that's who they don't like. Well, also if you you know, I can imagine the manager is always getting second guessed. You yeah. know, why why'd you call a hit and run on that, or you oh, know, why'd yeah. you call a straight steal on that? And I mean, it's not, it's not an exact science. No, it's not. It's interesting yeah. too. Back in the day, and I'm talking about early '80s when I was first really getting into covering major league sports. This is up in Seattle. We had a couple of lady reporters, one for uh, uh, for the Mariners and one for the Sonics. And it was unprecedented in those days. Yeah. You know, there were hardly any women covering sports. And I remember the gal from the the Sonic, not the Sonics, but the but the uh, Mariners went in with me to the uh, visiting clubhouse. It was the Milwaukee Brewers. And I remember they were just like, who? Oh, what's she doing in here? You know, and there was jock straps flying across the room. And <laughs> get out of here. You know, she was she went scurrying out the door and. Really embarrassed, and of course the Mariner, the uh, the Brewers got in some trouble for that. But yeah, but ball players are just in a cut from a different cloth. Baseball players, it's just a different sport. It really is a throwback sport in a lot of ways. And the athletes are kind of throwback athletes. They they are they're not politically correct. They say things yeah. they shouldn't say. But you think that these guys, if they're so macho, they'd almost like welcome a woman. Well, you know what? You know? Oh, well now now it's not a problem. Yeah. Not not a problem at all in any sport. There is a few guys that don't like it, but they pretty much you know. I wonder if the how many uh, um, female reporters get hit on. That's a good question. Mm-hmm. I don't. Th- I think most players are smart enough not to do that. That's just not yeah. a good idea. And I think the ath- the women reporters generally don't want them to do it anyway because it's sure. just well, of course, they're under, trying to undercuts their, their credibility. Yeah. Like, yeah. So you know, but it, it probably has happened a few times. I'm sure. Yeah. You know, if you're, I mean, let's face it. If if you or I were a young guy and we're covering, say, some glamorous women's sport like figure skating or skiing. And one of the gals, you know, we're interviewing afterwards comes up and says, hey, would you like to have a, a drink or something? You would you probably say, oh, yeah, this would be interesting, you know? Yeah, I, I, but it, like you said, there is kind of a double standard, though. Like from a, oh, yeah. if I'm the guy reporter, right. like, sure, yeah, no problem. Well, no, I, I actually, like, uh, years ago, I actually dated a woman basketball player from Stanford. I It was funny. It was a total <laughs> fluke thing. She, I was asked to do play-by-play of a game for a school that was coming up, uh, USC, which had the great Cheryl Miller, and we're playing Stanford. This is before Stanford became a good team. And so I had to have a color person because I didn't know anything about Stanford basketball, and I need I didn't know that much about women's basketball. Somebody helped me out. So the Stanford women's coach said, oh, I've got my uh, team, team co-captain is hurt. She can't play, and she'll be happy to sit up with you and, and do the color. So she great. sat with me and did the color, and she was just a sweetheart of a gal. And... Um, Ended up going out with her a couple times. A real nice gal, and we st- we're still friends on Facebook. She's a she's a very successful real estate gal in uh, in Ohio, and she's got two kids that are college athletes. Wow! So she's how done tall is she? Six foot three. And you're six six five. 
So oh, she was okay. pretty so tall. She, so she, she was, was almost. She could almost <laughs> look me in the eye. She was a tall, but she was she was really funny. She had all the mannerisms of a guy, you know, like all the funny little kind of jokes and the guy yeah. jocks have. But she was a woman. She was a really attractive woman and really nice. <laughs> and I had a great time with her. I was about thirty-one at the time. She was maybe twenty-one, twenty-two. So it was it was fun. Yeah, she was a great. Yeah. I mean, she had a. She was just a really nice lady. Nice, you nice young, you. nice young gal from the Midwest. <laughs> Those Midwest farmers' daughters—they make you—they make you feel all right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, isn't you, that who? You, yeah, Brian Wilson, Brian Wilson, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. of the <laughs> Beach, Beach Boys. Boys yeah, I'm showing my age. Yeah, you, now, yeah, now you yeah. can do the high voice of Brian Wilson. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, so you know, earlier in the show, we were talking about Walt Fraser, and oh, you're yeah. going to give us some fun story because he's not here to tell us a story. So you're going to tell. Yeah, him. you know, I I uh, was at a Warrior game the other night, and I'm sitting down uh, to dinner. Uh, there was not a lot of space in the press room, and I sit down right next, right across the table from him and Jim Barnett who was our broadcaster, who, as I might have mentioned earlier, played with all these different great teams yep. and played with Walt Frazier and played later with the Sixers and Dr. J and, you know, played with the Warriors and Rick Barry and Pistol Pete down in New Orleans. And anyway, so they're telling stories. And then Jim has to get ready to go to the game, you know, do his broadcast, prepare. And Walt is not really worried about his broadcast because he was telling me, he says, we don't do very long pregame. And says, we're not going to – this is the last game of a – Six-game Western road trip, and we're going to get our asses kicked tonight. So it doesn't – he says, I prepared for this game. I, all I have to do – I've watched Steph Curry play. He says, but I, I've got a lot of stories that I've been keeping, uh, you know, saving up, and I'll use them tonight because I know we're going to get our asses kicked. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, well, they did. They yeah. lost by 35 points. But he was wonderful. He told me some great stories about Earl Monroe and Bill Bradley and Willis Reed and playing in the championships. And he was such a nice guy, and I thought I'd never met Walt he, Frazier. He won one championship, didn't he? He, he won two. two. He won okay. in seven, 1970 and 1973. He, was, yeah, he played, in the, the next, yeah. played in the same backcourt with Earl Monroe. And, of course, I mentioned you know, Bill Bradley and Dave DeBusher and you know Willis Reed. I mean, it was just a great team. And, and Walt is still, you know, he's got this charming smile and a, yeah. and a personality. Really, Just a really nice yeah, guy. You know, one question I, I – I should have asked Jim Barnett because he's been on our show a couple of times. Right. You know, what what's it like to get traded? How many times did six teams? He went to six different teams. He six played. Teams? He played with San Diego, Portland, the Warriors, Philadelphia, New York, and New Orleans. I mean, and I think about the cities he got to play in: New York, New Orleans, Seattle. I'm sorry, yeah. uh, Portland, which is a real nice town. The Bay Area, San yeah. Diego, great cities. Yeah. Yeah. San Diego Clippers. San Diego Clippers. Um, he, got, he, he told a story. Elvin Hayes, when he was playing with San Diego, a great, uh, great player later played with Washington, was not a nice guy when he first got in the league, and Barnett called him on something, and Elvin chased <laughs> chased Barnett through a terminal, an airport terminal. I mean, like a, <laughs> several hundred yards. And Barnett said, but he, Elvin was too slow. <laughs> he couldn't catch me. <laughs> and what was he planning to do if he caught him? Well, I, you know, I don't know. He's, years later, he says, oh, but Elvin, Elvin changed. He says, and if I saw Elvin today, I'd go up, I'd give him a hug. And I'd even kiss him on the cheek because, you know, he deserves it. He's a good guy. <laughs> yeah, but he says, but I keep my track shoes just in case I have to yes, run again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, just, just the, uh, again, unfortunately Jim's yeah. not here, but uh, to be able to think, like, what's wrong? What, what, you know, what's wrong with me? Why well, did I get traded so why, much? You know, why me? you get traded? I think Jim Barnett was your classic sixth, seventh man, and those guys are expendable, uh, even if they're valuable. And he was a likable guy. The coaches loved him. His teammates loved him. But he was always kind of one of those intriguing guys. Oh, we'll give He was usually a throw-in in a deal. Like, we'll uh, give you so-and-so, <laughs> but we'll give you Barnett, too. Oh, that's a nice deal. I got a guy on the bench now. And Barnett was a good player. He played 10 years, averaged yeah, eight, eight points a game, which is a decent average. You know, he, he well, played hard. For, for not starting. Yeah, no, he just came off the bench. He was from the University of Oregon, and uh, 
You know, he, he played in senior leagues in recreation ball until he was almost 70. And Jim is 72 now. So he played till like four years ago. He Can was he playing. still dunk? Well, he never could dunk. <laughs> he was fast, though, but he, he had how, no jumps. He had how, no hops. How tall is he? He's about 6'3". Six, six, Oh. Six, six, three and a half. No, you should he, be able to dunk. Well, yeah, he might have. He told me he never was able to dunk. I mean, I'm six feet, and I used to be able to dunk a grape. <laughs> <laughs> you had me going there for a second. Got to dunk a something there. Yeah. I actually did dunk, I a, dunk a donut. I, I did dunk the ball one time in a game, in a in a uh, pickup game. I'm six five. I should be able to dunk. But I actually got up and dunked it once. It was a great feeling oh, to be I able bet. to do that. Yeah. And, I, well, it wasn't an alley-oop. No, it wasn't an alley-oop. I just got under it, and I just... I had the hops, and I got up, and I, oh, and it wasn't very glamorous, but I, I got yeah. a two-hand flush, and I just thought, in your face. Yeah. <laughs> I did a facial. In your face! You, you know, it's funny. You think of, if you, you know, a lot of times they make these alley-oops look really easy, but yeah. you think about no. it, the, the timing actually has got to be about really timing. good. It's been fun watching Andrew Bogan and, yeah. and, and Steph Curry perfect that uh, that art form because it, what Curry does, Curry can anticipate exactly, and I think Draymond Green is the same way and Clay Thompson's the same way. They can anticipate exactly where a guy's going to be and what kind of a shot he's going to take. The other night, um, I can't remember who it was. I think it was Sean Livingston threw an underhand bullet pass to Curry in the corner. He takes oh, it, yeah. Yeah. and in one motion, doesn't even he hardly even grabs it, just takes it, yeah. goes up, and hits the That's, shot. He's got to be the fastest in oh, that. Oh, my God. Okay, here's our last commercial break trivia question. Hall of Fame great Honus Wagner won eight National League batting titles in his career, all with the Pittsburgh Pirates. However, he did not begin his career with the Pirates. Mm. What team did he begin his career with? Ah, okay. okay. Stay with us. You're listening to Sports Econ 101. When we come back, we're going to have some closing comments and some thoughts for the day. Don't touch that dial. Sports Econ 101. We'll be right back. Are you a business owner or an individual who owes the IRS? Then be prepared to write down an important phone number. Do you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes? Do you need to file back tax returns? Are you dealing with bank levies and wage garnishments? It's time to deal with your IRS problem today. Call Certified Tax Tax Representation now. Certified Tax Tax Representation, Inc. represents clients just like you in all 50 states. They will contact the IRS on your behalf the same day that you become a client, and you can become a client immediately. It's time for you to face your IRS problems. Think about how great you're going to feel when you're represented by a company who's an advocate for you, who knows the law, who also will contact the IRS the same day you become a client. Call today for your free, no obligation consultation. Call now, 1-800-999-1064. That's 1-800-999-1064. Not all cases are typical and some may not qualify. The consultation is free and so is the call, so call right now. 1-800-999-1064. That's 1-800-999-1064. Are you an inventor who would like to try to have an invention or idea patented and submitted to companies? But you don't know what to do next. Call for free information from InventHelp. InventHelp, a leading inventor service company, has been helping inventors since 1984 and has sales offices located in more than 60 cities nationwide. You'll want to talk to the company that has helped secure more than 7,000 invention patents. So call InventHelp. Even if you have an idea for improving an existing product and don't know where to go with it, you'll still want to call InventHelp for free information. 
You'll find out how InventHelp may assist you in trying to patent your invention and submit it to companies. So call now. Call InventHelp at 1-800-316-1738. That's 1-800-316-1738. Get your free information by dialing 1-800-316-1738. That's 1-800-316-1738. 1-800-316-1738. When you struggle with credit card bills every month, you're not just in debt. Debt is all around you. I see people every day that are on the brink. They're going to go over the edge, and at the bottom is bankruptcy, and we pull them back. At the Debt Helpline, we're experts at helping you resolve your debt problems and become free of debt. We can help you pay off your debt and give you one lower monthly payment that you can afford. You do get to consolidate your payments. You only have to worry about making one payment a month instead of making three or four or five. If you have $5,000, $10,000 or more in credit card bills, call the Debt Helpline now for a free confidential debt analysis. 800-957-6063. 800-957-6063. Call the CESI Debt Helpline right now for a free confidential debt review. 800-957-6063. 800-957-6063. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. Last time for today, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Bruce McGowan. Third trivia question. Hall of Fame great Hannes Wagner won eight National League batting titles in his career, all with the Pittsburgh Pirates. However, he didn't begin his career with the Pirates. What team did he begin his career with? Uh, probably back in the 19th century sometime with some team like the Baltimore Orioles before they moved to St. Louis and then moved back to Baltimore. Actually, I think they – no, actually, they moved to New York. I can't remember. Anyway, go ahead. What's the answer? The Louisville Colonels. Louisville Colonels. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I was thinking of that. I know. I know. Seriously, I was thinking of Louisville. But I gave you the poker face, so you didn't oh, think that you had the answer. I knew it was a team that's no longer involved in Major League Baseball. Louisville's a neat town, Wait, by the Louisville? way. Have you been to Louisville? Uh, yes, I have, actually. It's a nice a town. town. You've been to the Kentucky Derby? No. I, the, I, I went to the Kentucky Derby. No, but the reason I was in Louisville is because my wife's family is very famous uh, just outside of Louisville. Really? There's a whole town called McAfee, Kentucky. How cool is after that? After her. Is after her ancestors, right? yeah, cool they settled that? the West with, with you, you Daniel go, Boone. With Daniel, you got to yeah. go to the Kentucky Derby Museum, best horse racing museum in the world. And it's How many a, are there? Well, I don't know. I think <laughs> it may be the only one, but that's the it's the it's the that's granddaddy the of all horse of races. But it, I got to cover the 1981 Kentucky Derby, won by by Pleasant Colony. He also won the Preakness, but then Didn't the Belmont, the Belmont Stakes, Stakes. He did not win. You mean there's no? no is there a Belmont Stakes History Museum? No, there's no, not. There's not. No, okay, no. all right. Here's our thoughts for the day. Bill Clem, remember him? Oh, sure. The great uh, umpire, right? umpire, yeah. There are 154 games in a season, and you can find 154 reasons why your team should have won every one of those <laughs> That's games. That's right. That's back in the day before they expanded the schedule to 162. Yeah, but it was 154 for a long time. Up until 1961. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, uh, it started, what, in the 1890s yeah, or something, 1870s, right? 1870s, actually, 1870s yeah, 1870s. 1870s with 154 games? Well, it might have been. That's a lot, a lot of traveling uh, on trains back then. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, no not everybody then. always talks about how glamorous it was. It was not glamorous. Oh, no. Not oh, no, those guys, not, no, it's awful no, for them. Awful. Okay. And Will Rogers, good man, said, when should a ca- college athlete turn pro? Not until he has earned all he can in college as an amateur. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds right. like Will Rogers. That does. Tune in yeah. next week to Sports Econ 101. We're going to be discussing sports topics from a business perspective, giving away more free vacations for answering sports trivia questions. Thanks for listening. On behalf of our team, I'm your host, Edward Brown, and we'll see you next week. Good night, America. So long. <laughs>